welcome to the Life Coaching Spot. I'm your host, Kathy Walker. And wow, wow, wow. Hello, 2021. (laughs) Well, I can only speak for myself, but I can honestly say, for me, 2020 was a powerful year. I saw so many veils being lifted in the world, in the country, in myself. And I've been going through my own transformation. I really had to shut down and go inward. No social media posting, no emails, no podcast episodes for many months. I've been doing something that I've never done which is to be still and allow for an inward unfolding. I thought I was ready to come out in September. I even put out an episode that said, I'm coming out. (laughs) Well, I wasn't quite cooked, so I crawled right back in. (laughs) So my intention for 2020 was surrender. And you know that saying, be careful what you ask for? (laughs) Well, the universe certainly delivered big time. I mean, what an opportunity it's been to let go, right? So I've been surrendering and letting go ever since. And I know I'm still in the process. So much has happened. I don't even know where to begin, so I'm just going to jump right in with something that's been top of mind. It keeps showing up in multiple ways, out in the world and in my own life, with my clients. That's when I really know it's important. So the topic is finger-pointing, blaming. We all do it, so let's just even the playing field, (laughs) right off the bat. Pointing fingers. Yeah, we we do it in subtle ways and not so subtle ways, right? It's a part of the human experience. And it's actually it's it it actually plays an important role in the transformation process of the expansion of our consciousness. I'll show you what I mean. So, I had this experience recently where I got seriously triggered. And it'd been a while since I'd reacted so strongly to something. And it was personal. So it got my attention. It was a situation where I felt disrespected. I was immediately on the defense. I was mad. My ego was armed and ready to defend my honor. And my impulse in the moment was to write a defensive attacking uh, text message, which luckily I had enough restraint to keep myself from sending. So instead, I went through a number of rewrites to tone it down. And when my husband got home, you know, I just vented all my feelings about what had happened. You know, I just let it all out what this person did and why they were wrong and how I was hurt. And he did exactly what I asked him to do. He just listened and validated my feelings, right? 
And by the way, this is the most compassionate and powerful way to support someone who's upset. I just needed to be witnessed and told it makes so much sense why I would feel hurt, right? I didn't need him to fix it (laughs) or tell me what the high road was. I just needed to be seen and validated. You know what I'm talking about. When you're upset, you don't need reflection and wisdom. (laughs) No, you need compassion. You can reflect later when you're ready. (laughs) It's a journey. So step one of the journey is to feel hurt, to feel your feelings and to express your feelings. And hopefully in a way that makes the least amount of messy cleanup later, right? Um, Yeah, don't take it out on an innocent bystander or even the person that you're mad at, right? Call a friend, call a coach, write an angry letter (laughs) that you'll never send, right? You don't want to be putting that out in the world. Yell into a pillow, just get it all out and allow yourself to feel your feelings. It's actually helpful to avoid jumping right into trying to take the high road also, right, when you're triggered. Because when you do that, you're abandoning the part of yourself that's upset, right? You'll miss the transformation. You'll miss the whole opportunity. And actually, this is called spiritual bypassing, right? And anybody who's on the spiritual path is susceptible to this, right? But the first step is to feel your feelings raw and vulnerably, as as vulnerably as possible, right? Let yourself feel hurt. (laughs) It's only a problem when you get stuck in the hurt, when you get stuck in the blame, because that hurts you, right? When you hold on to that belief that you're a victim of the of your experience. You're a victim of the world. And it's easy to do. Most people do get stuck there. That's when the opportunity gets missed and you've actually lost. Because ultimately, when you're blaming someone or something outside of yourself, you're actually giving that person or that entity all your power. So you do lose. (laughs) Yeah, because what do you think you're fighting for anyway? You're fighting for the role of victim, which isn't an empowered place to be, right? But this is the craftiest trick of the ego, which just wants to be right at any cost because it's fighting for its own survival, right? So as long as it it's right, it stays alive, right? That keeps it alive. So, you know, it'll fight to keep you feeling a victim just to distract you into staying small instead of growing and transforming. Because the ego actually has to die a little in order for you to get bigger, for you to be empowered, for you to take your power back, right? So here's the thing, you're not small. (laughs) You are the light of the world. 
That's the truth underneath it all. And when you get triggered, you've bumped up against the very place where you've been keeping yourself small. So it's actually an opportunity to transcend and become empowered. It's a gift because you can't move past what you cannot see, right? When you get triggered into anger, it's, it's easy to get stuck there and begin building a case around it, why you're right, right? You can easily find others who will support you in your anger and your blame and your finger pointing, right? It's, a, it's almost addictive, <laughs> right? But it doesn't feel good. It doesn't make your body feel good, right? When you really check in, it's like, does it feel good? No, right? Because, you know, what, again, are you fighting for? You're fighting for this role of victim, which is smallness, and, and you're giving your power away, which also doesn't feel good. Right? But you can always find evidence to support why you deserve to be in the role of victim, why they're bad and you're good, right? But really what you're saying is they're big and you're small. Yeah, but just stop and think about it. Being a victim means you're powerless and someone else is holding all the power. And you're affirming that. <laughs> yeah. So what you've achieved in fighting for your right to be a victim, well, you've succeeded in giving all your power away and you've succeeded really in locking yourself inside a prison inside your own mind, right? You're stuck. But you've also made that other person more powerful in their stance against you, right? So it doesn't feel good. It's not easy to get out of it either because of all the evidence you've gathered and all the people on your team <laughs> saying the same thing, right? Most people are out in the world playing victim to their circumstances, never stopping to consider another possibility. I mean, look at, look at what's happening in the world right now. Everyone is blaming and no one is taking responsibility. <laughs> so what's the other choice here? Where is the opportunity for empowerment? How do we make our way out of victim? So when you're in the first stage of transformation, the victim stage, you're in fear. And when you're in fear, there's no light coming in. You can't see. It's painful, but it's actually a necessary part of the process. But when you express the pain, it's like a purge of whatever is blocking your true sight, especially if you express that pain in a pure way of just wanting to release, not for the reason of really getting people on your side or, you know, trying to make that other entity or person bad, but just to get it out, right? It's like throw up, throw up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what this does is it, it begins to lift the veil. When you express your feelings, there's a space that opens up 
where you actually have a choice at that point. And the choice is you can stay stuck in this victim mentality and keep on blaming and shaming and gathering a, a team of supporters for your cause. Um, but the other opportunity that's there is to make a conscious decision to reflect, to begin to see things differently, to be open to seeing things differently. It's through reflection that we take that bold step to turn the finger back on ourselves and take responsibility for our own trigger. When I get to this stage, what really helps me to flip the switch is to remember that somehow this is all here for me, right? The universe is unfolding for my highest good and for the highest good of all. Whether I'm experiencing something pleasant or excruciating, right? Saying to myself, I know this is somehow here for me. It's a powerful tool because what a statement like this does is that it opens the mind to see things differently. In The Course in Miracles, um, it's called um, opening the door for a miracle, a shift in perception from fear to love, from a contracted perspective into an expansive perspective, from limited thinking, narrow-mindedness, to limitless thinking, open-mindedness, right? One is contracted and doesn't feel good. One is open and feels good. And we all have this capacity in every moment of every day. But you have to make the choice in order to have it, right? You get to choose to shift your perspective. But you have to experience this for yourself to really know the powerful truth that I'm talking about. And I'm sharing my, my own story, my own recent story, so that you can see the formula. And once you know the formula, it's up to you to use it next time you get the opportunity. And opportunities happen every single day. Whether it's something really small, like your partner doing something that annoys you or something you see on the television, um, or something bigger, like someone's dis disregarding you, or even uh, you, you being the victim of a brutal attack. Um, believe it or not, these are all opportunities for transformation, a rebirth, an awakening a shift in perception from fear-based thinking to love-based thinking. So back to my story. After I had calmed down enough to compose a calm text message, I requested to meet this person so that we could have a conversation. And she let me know that she would be available on Wednesday which was in three days. <laughs> of course, my ego wanted, wanted to get this taken care of immediately, right? I don't like to hang on to these things. Like, I want to get it cleared up. But I took a deep breath, and I accepted this time as an opportunity to reflect, right? To reflect more deeply. And I know from 
years of experience that the deeper I dig, the greater the reward. It's just like, um, you know, eating Ben and Jerry's ice cream, right? The good stuff is buried underneath the creamy surface. If you just dig on the top, you're just going to get the cream. But if you really dig down, you're going to get some really nice surprises, some gifts, the gold. <laughs> the gold is when you dig deeper. Um, so I took the time to, to look at what part of me was so armed and ready to defend my honor. And what I found was a limiting belief that my childhood self, my child self, my inner child has been hanging on to uh, this deep seated belief that I have to earn my worth. A part of me that still, after all this time and all the work I've done, doesn't know that I'm inherently worthy, right? Regardless of what I've made or what I've accomplished in my life, right? So of course, it's going to defend the thing that I've spent so many years building, defending my honor, right? Yeah, it makes so much sense why this would be there too. Because, you know, growing up as a woman in a world where women aren't inherently valued. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've had to overcome being oppressed, right? Because it is true. Women have been oppressed for thousands of years. Yep, it's true. <laughs> we've been brutally punished throughout history for owning our, our power. So it makes sense why some part of me has accepted a limiting belief that comes from the collective unconscious. Sense of value and worth has been tied up in the business I devoted 10 years of my life building. It was clear. I had placed my worth outside of myself, so it made sense why I would feel defensive in this situation. And more importantly, it became clear that I needed to reclaim my inherent worth inside myself, where it's always been. I just lost track of it. I didn't need her to val validate my worth, right, with her respect. I needed to validate my own worth for myself. And that is the most powerful medicine there is. So when it came to having the conversation three days later, the outcome was a gift beyond what I could have ever hoped to receive. We actually both walked away from that conversation feeling lifted, right? It's a miracle. And it was only because I was able to offer the gift to myself first that I was able to be fully available to receive it from somebody else. And that's how it works, because ultimately, <laughs> the world is a reflection, right? You don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you are. That was a quote by Anais Nin in the 20s, by the way. So it's, it's, up, it's up to each one of us to, to choose to move beyond the role of victim 
and reclaim our own power. I can only be oppressed if I accept oppression for myself. But I can also choose otherwise and become the heroine of my journey, right? A journey from victim to empowerment. In the Course, Jesus says, see the cross, but do not dwell there, right? The Course in Miracles is basically a different interpretation of the Bible, which I totally relate to. So what this means is feel the hurt and have compassion for yourself for hurting and then continue the journey to claim the miracle that awaits you on the other side. It's all a gift, right? So I could stop there, <laughs> and so can you. But I wanted to add that this journey from fear to love, from victim to empowerment, is clearly demonstrated in the age-old journey of the crucifixion. You know, I don't consider myself a traditional Christian. Um, I'm actually more ecumenical. I am very spiritual. I, I'm not religious. But I'm fascinated by the story of Jesus and the cross because I believe that it's a powerful guide to transformation. The transformation that's been right in front of us for 2,000 years, yet we keep missing the message of this teaching. Blaming and pointing fingers is the state of being crucified, right? The cross is the ultimate symbol of victimhood. Why is this happening to me, right? God, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> they did this to me. They're bad. I don't believe the image of Jesus on the cross uh, is an empowering image. I'm sorry. I, I don't believe that's empowering. It's, it, it, it's the ultimate symbol of the victim, right? He's in, in despair. He's, he's weak with tears in his eyes, blood flowing from his wounds. It's the evidence of how corrupt the government is and how they've won and killed the son of God. But that wasn't true, was it? The crucifixion was only a stage, the first stage in the powerful story of transformation. The story itself is an example of a hero's journey, right? From victim to empowerment. The crucifixion is only day one, the painful part, when things fall apart and you feel a victim of the circumstance. Yes, indeed. This is an essential part of the process, but it's not the point. The point is the journey to the resurrection. Why is that not obvious? How did humanity get stuck in this first stage of the story? Why has the cross been the object of worship? Well, I'm only speculating here, but it would make sense that if the people are stuck in playing victim, they're powerless and much easier to control, right? If the masses were to awaken to their hero and heroine's journey and become empowered, well, where would that leave the 2% that want to control all of it? Just food for thought. <laughs> 
And depending on your current belief system, this message may be triggering. But what is a trigger? But an opportunity for an awakening of consciousness, of expansion, of a resurrection. If you're mad, look inside at why you're mad. Instead of pointing fingers out there and making it, it be about me and what I'm saying, what inside of you is hurting? What inside of you is defensive? And what are you defending? So there you have it, my friend. This is an invitation, an invitation to meet each moment as a gift the gift that it is, and to begin to see your triggers as opportunities to bring more light into your life and into the world. Where are you playing victim in your life? Who or what are you blaming for your suffering? Is it your partner? Is it your boss? Is it, is it the government, the fascists, the racists, the abuser, your body, your pain? God, time, illness? <laughs> or do you blame yourself, which can be the most painful attack of them all? None of it is empowering. <laughs> the end game isn't the blame. The end game is empowerment. And these are amazing times we're living in. Fear, lack, and limitations are being brought into the light, right? This is the start of a new age, the age of Aquarius, a time when we're all invited to look within and reclaim our empowerment. It takes courage. It takes courage. And the reward is nothing short of miraculous. But you'll have to experience for yourself to know it. Blessed be. Are you interested in working with me one-on-one -on -one or finding out more about my offerings? Please come visit me at my website, thelifecoachingspot.com. I'm looking forward to meeting you.